Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Dust World Neon City. You find yourself moving rapidly through the city, and as you do, this drone starts to go up and up and up, until it flies into a semi-translucent vehicle. And as you enter into this vehicle, you realize it's some sort of almost blimp type thing, but that it has this optical camouflage projected on all sides of it, making it almost invisible. But it's very clear to you because you're in this size state. And as you enter into this vehicle, and so this is like you kind of replaying the memory of it. You're not going there physically or psychically right now, but you see it going inside and being like loaded into uh, like a container. And there's several of them, probably like 10 of them, um, five on, on each row and then a middle walkway down the middle. And above them, there are these two hoppers that are full of black powder, black dust. 
So as you're watching this drone, sort of time replaying, a man walks down this steel grated walkway. And as he crouches down, what you see is a, a smooth chiseled face, fairly handsome. He has goggles on his forehead. His hair is black and slicked back. He's wearing a black trench coat that has sort of military-esque strapping all over it. His chest is covered in a bulletproof vest, tactical gear style vest. And you see also down his sides on either pocket that he has a gun on one side and he's just fitted for SWAT, for tactical. He looks ready for battle. And he leans down and he's working on the mechanics, the inner workings of this drone. He obviously knows it very well and and knows his way around it. And you see him get back up and walk away. You hear footsteps coming towards you and you see a figure. Don't think we don't see you. And as they do that, you hear another set of footsteps behind you and you see this man you saw before this sort of handsome chiseled man with slicked back black hair and a long black coat wearing this tactical gear and he walks out and he says hey how'd you get here you fucking sidekicks and with that the spark goes off in the hopper and we cut to the outside of this invisible dirigible And out of one side, an explosion happens, blowing out a good half of this hover vehicle, creating fire and sparks in the skyline. I'm imagining it's flying in front of a massive, like 300-foot-tall LED screen with a woman on the side of the building trying to get you to buy some sort of liquor as these sparks rain down over the traffic below. What happens? to the crew. Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dustworld Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dustworld RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what, we got the smog's gonna choke you out, have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's gonna help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee, he gets you sorted. But secretly he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here we got his right hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well then you in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. We're inside the cockpit of a super advanced flying vehicle. We can see the strange sheen, almost a pearlescence, covering the windows as we look out in the city. On the dashboard, there are several screens and monitors, and a small blinking light has gone off, and alarms have started to raise as 
we see this handsome figure in kind of high-tech tactical gear sitting next to another at the controls of this ship. This is the Black Rose Killer. What does he do when he hears this alarm go off? What the fuck is that? Roger, what's going on? Oh, uh, shit, it's, uh, it's the side field. The side field's been broken. You should get down there. It's in the delivery sector. I'll check it out. I'll keep it going straight and narrow, boss. Okay. So I think that I'm going to go down and see what has caused the alarm to go off. It doesn't take you long. You know the inside of your ship very well. And you go down a few steps, go around a corridor and down another set of steps. And you find yourself in the delivery sector uh, section of your ship. It has a metal walkway that goes uh, across a small kind of narrow room. On either side, there are five um, slots where there is a cylindrical drone that will drop out of the bottom after being filled up with your black powder dust. And then two two or four um, propellers will pop open and it will go wherever you're sending it. Um, There are a row of five on each side and above it there is two of these hoppers, these kind of containers filled with black powder dust. So as you come down, you see something floating in the air, two small pieces of metal, and they're starting to come together. And across from you, you see one of your uh, special ops soldiers in his white tactical gear, which is made specifically for dealing with espers. And he says, I see you. And he has his gun up pointed kind of in your direction. How do you react to this? What the fuck's going on? What's over there? Across the way, you see your man who's in his psi armor and he's got something trained in his sights kind of right in the middle of both of you. And you see floating two pieces of metal like just seconds away from being struck right above your container that's holding all of this black powder dust. So what he's going to do is he's going to look up and he's going to see the two pieces of metal. And as soon as he can, he's going to create a sort of dust barrier to protect him and the other person in the room because he knows what's about to happen. Great. Uh, Roll your dust shape. Nice. Okay. So for a nine, uh, you miscalculate, overestimate or flinch. Uh, So I'll give you a worst outcome, tough decision, or price to pay. So worst outcome, it only partially protects you. You both take damage. Tough decision, you or the other guy take damage, but it's more. So one of you will remain unharmed. The other one will take more harm. Uh, Price to pay, this explosion will clear out all of the dust on that one side. So you have two sides of your ship, two hoppers. That whole side could be blown out okay i think i'm gonna go with tough decision just because i feel like i'm not too attached to many people so i wouldn't mind if if he took some extra damage (laughs) okay uh okay so yeah you quickly make these dust barriers around you and this other man and uh and as you do his is only partially completed as this whole room gets filled with flame you see clarence in there 
uh, through with your goggles, and he's just kind of giving you the finger as this whole room <laughs> ignites, and uh, and then moments later, the as as the room is now filled with all of this smoke, kind of like particulate, um, there is still a good bit of black powder in this container. It's not completely uh, d- destroyed. Definitely enough for him to do this again. Like he could. He could just not light another bomb, basically. Um, and you you recognize that fact. Do I have some sort of weapon that I could potentially... I want to try and stop him or hurt him in some way before he does this again. Yes. So you don't carry any Psy weapons on you for obvious reasons. But you do know that your man across the way was equipped with a, uh, a Psy blaster. Like made to take out size you don't have it but it's across the way um this whole room is filled with like dust and debris uh which is definitely not going to be good for your lungs so keep that in mind okay i'm trying to cover my mouth and i'm gonna look up and i'm gonna say quick throw me the gun and oh, th- I'm gonna that guy's try. unconscious, dude. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you, you let him take it. He took oh, shit, it hard. Right, he's like, right, okay. he took, he's he took three harm. Okay. He's like on the ground. Okay. Like your shell that you made is kind of like breaking apart around him. And like okay. he's got scorch marks across him. He's not dead, okay. but he took it right. hard. Okay, he's not. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and make a dash for his body and try and grab the gun so I can try and shoot Clarence, before this happens again. Okay, uh, roll a normal face danger. Clarence sees the Black Rose Killer reaching for his gun and says, nope, and uses Mind Blast. Oh my god, I got a three. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's what happens. You, you haul butt, you try to get there, uh, but another small spark goes off, and explodes out part of the the dirigible's bottom so five of your drones that were on that side just take it right because that's like directly exiting the craft right there and that whole section Mm -hmm. just couldn't hold anymore so you find yourself like now hanging on with just like one hand but (laughs) you do manage to get your hand on the rifle but you do take uh two harm it ignores damage or ignores armor and uh, it it's close and loud. So basically you scream because it hurts like heck. Um, basically, Clarence uh, in, in the Psy field uh, or the Psy scape, like sees you running for this weapon. He figures that this, you know, I described it as having this glowing energy on it. Uh, and so he reaches out and even though it's hurting him, it's painful and hard. He releases this pulse of energy towards your head at the same time as this whole side just blows out and you you're like hanging out the sides. So you just suddenly get this like piercing pain in your mind. What are you going to do now that you have this gun? I'm just going to try and take a shot because nothing's really going well. So I think <laughs> so. I'm pretty pissed off. Yeah. What, because... what would you say after, after getting hit after your part of your ship blowing out like this Esper guy, like, I don't think you necessarily know that this is Clarence, but you do know like that it's an Esper. I have the gun in my hand and I think I'm going to say, oh, this is why I hate these fucking sidekicks. I'm going to kill every last one of you. And 
Uh, I'm pretty pissed off. I, I'm going to try and uh, shoot him. Awesome. Just do a normal clash. Seven. Seven. Okay. So on a seven, uh, you deal your harm, and then you get to choose one of the following. Either inflict, take harm from them, uh, or you find yourself in a bad spot. I will find myself in a bad spot. Okay. It's going to be bad. Um, remember, you also have uh, help, right? You've got your... Your guys and like kind of your grunts. You've got the right. your three uh, special ops people. So don't forget okay. about them. You can radio them at any time. Um, okay. And you're kind of wearing you know the armor that we showed. I think at this point, like since it's so dirty in here, you've probably like closed your face mask so you're not dying. Um, yeah. So you do. You hit Clarence, and you can see kind of through your side goggles. That, that this hole has formed in a section where his arm should be. So he's got like a dangling <laughs> arm and a big missing hole, okay. and he's like holding on to it. Uh, it it hurt him a lot. Um, and as you do that, your other hand, though, that piece that you're holding on to, it breaks, and you find yourself falling. Uh, you are probably a quarter of a mile up, so you're falling, and you've got some time <laughs> before you're going to hit the ground. But there is hover car traffic like flying back and forth, and it's crazy. Uh, as you do this, Clarence thinks to his allies, I found the Black Rose Killer. I know where he is. He's way high up. And he shows you all a picture of where this dirigible is with the smoke flying out of it and how it's half visible. And he gives you as much information as he can about what he saw, uh, how this person operates the people that he sensed inside and the fact that it has a psi resistant field around it. And he says, I don't feel too good. I'm not, I, I don't feel right. And as he says this, a two more of the white suited um, SWAT guys come in and they roll something onto the ground. And as Clarence looks down, there is this small grenade looking thing that opens up and in the middle, there's a hot pink point of light that bursts out almost like a stun grenade. And when it hits him, he finds himself flying, not just through space, but through psi space, like just moved to a distance unfathomable. And he can't even understand what's happening to him. And as he does, his his mind, his his consciousness starts to fade to black. So, Kinsey, I'd like to introduce the person behind the character really quick as you're falling to your doom. You know, you, your, your life flashes before yeah. your eyes. Uh, so, Liam, uh, this is Liam, everybody. Hello. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Liam, and I'm playing Kenzie Blackthorn. What playbook is that? It's from the Duskcaster playbook. Nice, nice. Tell us some of the traits of... Uh, the Dustcaster, but then also give us a little info. Like, so we know about you, but the audience doesn't know about you. What What do you do for us? How did we get connected? Well, I'm the audio editor for Dust World and for Strangers in the Pines, the other podcast. Nice, nice. That's true. He's uh, yep. we we affectionately call him the audio god. Uh, he he <laughs> makes our terrible audio sound better um actually it's pretty good now as you all know but it didn't start that way um no. awesome 
So tell us a little bit more about Kinsey Blackthorn. So you're a dust caster. What are some of the things we can expect from a dust caster? I am a trained assassin raised by savages and I am on a mission and I have control of dust and I'm able to make different weapons, traps, uh, etc. to achieve my goals. Awesome. Uh, in the story so far, you've been introduced as the Black Rose Killer. Um, what what kind of led you to the Rose ideology? I thought that the Duskcaster uh, character was really cool. And so finally, we're getting to put that to use. And uh, I chose the Rose as my signature because I thought it looked cool. And also... Um, it's a bit of a juxtaposition because there is no natural plants and such in this neon city. Ah, that is cool. So it's like if mm -hmm. a rose bush is around, you're kind of, uh, yep. you better <laughs> exactly. run. Awesome. Well, thanks for introducing yourself and a little bit about Kinsey Blackthorn, and we'll hop back into the show. So Clarence, when that bomb went off and all of that psi energy hit you, you found yourself flying piercing through veils and dimensions and shattering of reality around you further and deeper into the psyscape. And as you do, you look around and everything seems so different and alien and strange. And for the first time ever, you notice like almost like plant life and animals and sort of a reality in the psyscape that you haven't ever engaged in before. And another strange thing is normally in the Psyscape, you can see the material plane, but you're so deep that now you don't even see the material plane and you're not even sure how to get back there. What are you doing? Oh my God, I've died. Has this happened to me before? I'm going to try and do total recall. Nice. Learn one thing you're missing. Okay, so you wanted to learn something you're missing. I think you have a moment uh, where you remember baby Gerber again, General Gerber. Oh, no. And you're sitting on this mountain and you're meditating and he's helping you to broaden your psychic horizons, your Esper abilities and helping you dive deeper into the different like materials and psi plane and kind of helping you and guiding you through. And he says... So this is a virtual environment, but in this environment, we still have access to our powers. And if you just press like this, and he shows you sort of how to push your psyche kind of almost through like a back door, you can find your way into the sidescape. They can't fully hold all of your powers and cognition in here, even though they're draining it away from us. So... Yeah, so here we go. And he grabs your hand and you find yourself falling backwards and kind of through almost what feels like a drain until you pop out and you're in this totally different place. And what you see is like a forest made of strange coral and kelp and mushrooms and the colors are vibrant oranges and pinks and yellows and there's small creatures kind of flying around and it seems both material but 
but phasing and shifting and alive and different. And he says, so here you are both psychic, your psi self, but also it's more. This is, this is the deep place and you can go deeper or you can come out. So thanks. I hate it. Yes. But watch. And he walks over to like uh, some bubbles. There are these like kind of little ponds and giant bubbles are forming out. And as they do, he puts his hand on one and you can see Gage in his red earth uniform fighting on the front lines with the other devils. And you see just a burst of of dust come up in front of him and protect him from like missiles. And you see flying behind him on the back of, of a giant bat is Matsuo cackling. And Gerber's like, from here, we can see all of reality. And but I don't he, want to see this. Oh, well, you said you were bored. Well, I don't. The less I have to know about what Gage is up to, the happier I'll feel about it. Okay. And then he wipes his hand and it turns to Kevin, who is in prison. And you watch a couple of guards like hitting him. This is Ooh. fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that looks like it hurts a lot. This is fine. Um, this 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 will this will do me all day. You don't want to you don't want to give him a hand there, maybe? Uh, I suppose I have an obligation, don't I? Then I uh, use I what I Side don't blast? use Psy Blast. No, Young uh, Clarence does not use Psy Blast. Young Clarence uh, knows better. I'll just need- do something with telekinesis or whatever. Okay, you could also do a uh, puppet, puppet master. That's true. You don't have I would it still anymore, the... but young Clarence had it. Yeah, okay. I would make one of them start hitting themselves. Okay, so roll plus to Clarence. Brains. To Clarence, this is the height of comedy. Young Clarence. <laughs> Ooh, a nine. Okay, so with a nine, um, so we haven't really talked about this move, but so Puppet Master is a move that says you can use your brain to control people or beasts. When you reach out with your mind to control, roll plus brains. On a 10 plus, hold two. On a seven to nine, hold one. Uh, spend sanity points one to one for extra picks. The picks are it stays under your control or give it the tamed tag. Tamed lets it stay under your control basically permanently. You don't have to do anything to control it later. Um, see through their eyes. Leave a false memory. The control lasts a long time. Eject another's control. Your control is strong and can't be broken. The subject doesn't know you controlled them or your control is set to trigger at a later time. The subject doesn't know they've been controlled. Okay, yeah, I guess you just do control them. And then these are the bonuses. Because none of them say you control them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Okay, so you get one pick, one hold. What did you want to do? Uh, they don't know they're being controlled. Okay. So what are you going to have them do? The old classic, why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> okay, so through the bubble, you see this guard who is punching Kevin, and Kevin is kind of like hunched over. At this point, he's in his more monk form, so he can take a lot of uh, pounding. But he sees as the punch stops like mid-punch, and Kevin looks up. And then the guy just like looks at his fist and then just starts hitting himself in the face 
but not like a funny sort of hitting himself in the face, kind of like a like this is really hard and hurting him. And it it's kind of almost terrifying. And Kevin is just watching this with sheer horror. Hello, players. It's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire. I play Lucas on Strangers in the Pines and I run DM or keep the Dust World podcast. And I am super excited for this year, for what we're trying to do, for what you're trying to do. And I just want to say from us here at the RPG Empire that we are sending our love, our best intentions, our thoughts and prayers out to everyone who's having a hard time. But also we have so much hope for this year that this could be the best year yet for you and for your family and for your friends. And so I just want you to agree with us to grab onto that hope that we can all just walk into this new year with just a mind blowing grasp on hope and achieving new heights and that all of this sort of coronavirus stuff, the shutdowns, all the hardships that's going on right now, that that can come to an end. So, yeah, you guys are awesome and gals and we're here for you if there's any way we can help you i don't know how we could help you but let us know you could just shoot us an email or hit us up on instagram or something we just really hope the best for you also there's our discord so that said i do want to promote what we're doing right now and what that is is we're creating a tabletop rpg i'm sure you know about it you've heard me talk about it but the quick start guide is now available for free on our website, therpgempire.com. The game is about superpowered nomads living in a sci-fi western setting over the ruins of an ancient civilization. So you've got crazy stuff going on. You got mutants and you've got shapeshifters and you've got psychics and you've got gunslingers and cyborgs and oh my gosh, so many cool things. It's heavily influenced by anime and cyberpunk and just kind of all that cool stuff. So there's a lot of really interesting ideas woven together here. The quick start guide is 30 pages. You'll be hopping into play before you know it. And because it's a Powered by the Apocalypse game, it's super fast, lightweight. It has playbooks and you can be up and running in like 10 or 15 minutes. So I would love for you to download it, check it out and let us know your thoughts. So with that said, let's get back to the show. Show. Hello players, it's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper whoever's running the game the dm so it's really simple you print it out you and your friends and you can create mayhem for christmas or you can save it it's up to you but we just released it so if you're interested in getting that just head on over to our website and click the download link so that's all for now i hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it so back to the show play on Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty 
Um, let's just turn that off. And he turns off the bubble. Uh, I was having so much fun. Okay, let me explain how reality works here. And he reaches his hand up and things start to like form up from the ground to his hand. The Psyscape is alive and moving and breathing. But it's also a place of unusual dangers. You see, it tries to make you join it. And if you stay in one place too long, it will start to absorb your essence. And you look down and you do see these sort of like, almost like fingerlings, like little tentacle sort of things growing up from the ground, uh, trying to kind of interface with your astral form. I'd rather not be part of the scenery. Um, so there, there are three main ways you can interface with the Psyscape. Besides, you know, the obvious traveling around and looking at places or whatever. Um, one of them is you can get out of the Psyscape. So technically, these are some custom moves for the Psyscape when you're this deep. Uh, you can get out. You're going to roll plus brains. And then there will be some effects. Uh, you can go deeper. Um, you know, so say... Like there's a creature or something you want to get away from. You can imagine it as as if you are going into a deeper part of the Psyscape. Not, not like diving down, but more of like diving through a veil that most creatures won't be able to pass through. But because you're a very powerful Esper, you can. Um, and you'll roll plus grit to do that. Um, and then you can scape, you can shape the scape. So when you need the scape to have a certain form or protection or you know whatever you can roll to try and make that happen as well and that's going to be an instincts roll as that happens we cut over to monday monday you're riding in this mech semi your guys have been blowing up this crazy snake that's made out of black powder and cars trying not to hurt people but not necessarily succeeding very well uh, I think at this point, the snake is pretty much dissipated with all of this extra manpower. And all this time, you've just kind of been chilling in the front seat with uh, with the driver. Do you say anything? Monday is going to politely ask if... Uh, well, he's going to ask for the driver's name first and kind of fist bump with him there. So the driver looks over to you and he says, Oh, yeah, man. Uh, the name is Clutch. Clutch hyperstar, dude. And he like gives you the fist bump with his metal arm. Monday is just going to use his actual or use his name Monday there. And then he's going to ask the driver if he can take him to part of the underworld uh, that Monday's kind of familiar with there. Like, can you be more specific? Yeah, Monday's just going to head for the uh, slums effectively, kind of the black market where there's less security and a lot more eyes watching out for shady shit while shady shit's going on. Okay. Um, now you did just get the message from Clarence that the black Rose killer and his coordinates and all of that. You, you know that, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Monday's okay. going to maybe hit up some contacts there and see if he can get there without being tracked at this point. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't know this, but he's not tracking you right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, Monday does not so, know that. Yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I can kind of drop you nearby or you can jump at any point, dude, because 
you know, we don't exactly get along with the purple dragon. They're kind of a bunch of douchebags. You see like the, the clothes they wear. They think they're so cool because they got like suits and they're like, yeah, we're like, we're like cool, like, you know, turn of the century gangsters. Yeah. And we're like, well, F you. We're like cool freaking cyborgs, bitch. Monday's going to do you another I mean? fist bump kind of a hell yeah kind of thing. Yeah, he fist bumps you. All right. I think with that, Monday's just going to crack the window down and kind of do a salute and then jump out. <laughs> He's yeah. like, cool, dude. Uh, till we meet again, my bro. Oh, and I think before he jumps, Monday's going to leave a card with the word poker written on it. Nice. Uh, so he can come play with your Yakuza friends that he hates. Um, yeah. He like picks it up. He's like, sweet. And he puts it in his pocket. And with that, Monday is going to salute and jump on out. Yeah, so Monday is like is doing like the Miles Morales upside down dive straight down uh, in the city. And, you know, there's cars flying around. All this crazy stuff is happening. So I'm going to need a face danger because that is some some balls. That's that's some baller stuff that's happening right now. Oh, I am wild carding that. <laughs> Are you sure you want to waste it on this? Yeah, let's, let's wild card. Let's do it. I, I don't think you've even used any, nope. have you? I thought you used a couple. Nope, nope. You haven't used I any? I think I've used a single wild card. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> Listeners, has he used any wild cards? Are we wrong? Yeah, so you, uh, you jump out and like, as you're using your coat to kind of act as wings a little bit and, and steer you. As you get like to a good distance, you pull your sword and throw it under your feet and it becomes uh, kind of a bigger, flatter sword, almost silver surfer style, and just gives you just enough lift to control your momentum and where you're going. And as you do, you find yourself down into the more uh, seedy district of the derelict. There are uh, 10 foot walls in this section. It's still kind of like it's not bottom, 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 you know, but it's it's pretty low as far as like actual height goes in the city. Uh, the very bottom of the city, think Jetsons, like it's covered in smoke. It's sh it's shady as hell down there. There's all sorts of weird creatures that'll like eat you. It's it's very it gets the most dust world probably, you know, below like 10, <laughs> the 10th floor down. Um, so you land in this CD section that you are pretty familiar with because of Yama and yeah, so you're you're on the street. What are you doing? Actually, you know what? Monday's going to bring up his uh, phone app on his helmet there, and mm -hmm. he's going to give his old buddy Yoma a call. Hey, uh, Yoma, you, your boy seen anything unusual at the uh, D-Square? Hey, y'all. Yeah, man. Uh, there's all sorts of crazy stuff happening. There was some sort of explosion, and uh, there was, like, reports of some kind of crazy snake. You know, like that, that amazing movie Strength Snakes on a Train, but it was like on cars, which is pretty crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I don't know other than that, my man. Okay, and... Now, are you trying to get useful information? What are you trying to get out of him? Uh, location, I guess, or kind of... Well, besides what happened, kind of, if anything, like... I don't want to put this. This is... The problem is this is meta knowledge. I know this happened, but... Monday doesn't that someone fell out or something like that. Yeah. I mean that just like literally this is happening while that happened. So you probably wouldn't know about that. Okay. Um, 
also like Clarence gave you the location. Like you can go there right now. Oh, okay. So I guess uh, Monday's going to ask uh, Yama if he could provide some transport, and in return, he'll uh, give him some money in return. Uh, just thanks. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see. I got a car coming. Yeah, they got a delivery, but you know, you can hop on the back or whatever. One day I'll shoot him a thumbs up, make it like a vid call, I guess, and just a thumbs up emote. Sure. Uh, he's like, cool, man. Uh, poker next week if you're not dead. And he hangs up. All right. One day going to catch a ride with the purple dragons. They haul butt. They're taking you. Uh, they're kind of crazy. So, you know, they're, they know that Yama, you're tight with Yama. So they take you over there uh, pretty quickly. Um, and as that's happening, we're going to cut over to Miller. Miller, you tuck and uh, and Clarence's body filled with <laughs> clear um, are all in the super Uber. Where were you having them go? Doc would probably want to try to take on the Black Rose killer. But he <laughs> would. Well, he? He's a doctor. I'm a doctor, damn it. Well, not, not, not I mean, an assassin. He's, they know. Well, they know he knows where they are. That's kind of Monday. So thing. maybe oh, we'll put it this way. How about Doc's first priority is going to be to get Project Icarus somewhere safe. OK, uh, it doesn't seem like any of the safe houses have remained safe for long. So he is going to. Oh, man. Find a contact. Um, yeah. I think that might be best. Okay. Somewhere uh, he can leave it to where he doesn't have to worry about it. I think I'll do Tell of Legend. Okay. Doc is going to uh, cash in all of the underworld favors that he's accumulated. Um, you know, doing doing odd jobs for whoever. Well, you know, basically fixing up whoever asks for it. No questions asked. Okay. So he's uh, he's making you, a lot of calls. Yeah. Which gang do you want to interface with? Are you also friendly with the Purple Dragons or uh, a different gang? I want to interact with the mechs a little bit. Okay. Uh, I think go- that might be cool. Can Can I make a suggestion? Sure. I would like to maybe say that the safe house is like either a bus or a tank. It's constantly moving around the city and nobody knows where it is at any one point. Sure. It's literally the same semi that <laughs> Monday just got off on. I mean, uh, <laughs> so go ahead and roll tell of legends and we'll see what you actually know. So, okay, cool. Ooh, 10. So Doc on a 10, friends. the keeper will, will uh, ask you what you know about the subject and tell you if it's true. Um, We will say that it's, like a home base for them and like if one of them the mechs gets in trouble they can call in this like um oh man you know would it be too much to say that it's like not not like the helicarrier from shield like not that big but something like that oh totally like, yeah maybe like a, some stolen military tech hell yeah so uh cool. yeah you pull up a phone <laughs> your phone app and you start dialing numbers, you know, as the, the crazy drivers like, okay, where are we going? Uh, okay. So what is the name of your contact with the mechs and what level of position does he have? 
can it be that when we interact with him, he has like a like a Max Headroom style like hologram instead of actually seeing his face? Sure. It could just be Max. Okay, what if he is Maximum Carl? Ma- oh no, yes. Yes, I love it. Maximum Carl. <laughs> uh, Doc, so Doc like swallows what's left of his dignity and decides to call Maximum Carl, who is a low... Uh, we'll say he's like a toady. He's like the... Um, well, if, he's, uh, if he can get you into their safe house, he's going to have to have at least some level of pool. Um, well, sure. He can be like the number two to their boss, but he's really annoying. Oh, I got and it. The same as the Maximum Carl. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I am the Optimum Carl. Okay, so you make the call. On the other end, Carl picks up. Uh, is it a hollow projector that you're using or just a telephone? Oh, definitely a hollow projector. Okay, so on the hollow projector, you see like the chest of somebody, but instead of a head, there is a holographic projector and the face of like a young Arnold Schwarzenegger. Go for Maximum Carl. <sighs> Carl, listen, uh, I gotta. Hey, I gotta hey, 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 Do I go around calling you Miller? No, I do not, Dr. Miller. Well, I mean, you really could if you want to. I've spoken to you enough times. All right, fine. Maximum Carl. There we go. That's right. Okay. Uh, listen, um, Maximum Carl, uh, I got a big favor to ask you, and I'm I'm cashing in all my chips. I need to... I need to visit the tower, and I need to get there like yesterday. Hey, you going on a vacay, Doc? Yeah, no problem. We'll we'll take you on a vacay. You know where we hang out. I bet you don't, because it's a secret. So uh, send me a ping on your location, and uh, I'll I'll swoop in, and we'll take you you away. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thanks, Maximum Carl. Doc says with the minimum of chagrin. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he he pings him his location. Do you tell the driver to stay there or do you want him to go somewhere else? Like, do you give him a meeting Um, point? I don't really want anyone else to know where the tower is. So Doc just says... You don't know where the tower is either, so... Oh, okay. Um, But you you can give Maximum Carl a location to meet you. Let's do the top of a building. At least okay. then it would be away from the public eye. So you're so just going to have him drop you off? At the top of a building, yes. Okay. Yeah, so he drops you off. Uh, Tuck and Clear and Clarence's body get out. Clear's like... So, Dr. Miller, what are we doing up here? And he looks... He's got like... He's like eyeballing you, like... Like, kind of worried a little bit. We got... I got a plan. Don't worry about it. Just wait. You know? Does this plan include all of us being alive? Ideally. And he starts poking himself in the face. He's like... Because this is... This is kind of fun. What? Having a body? Uh Uh-huh. And for some reason, Clarence's body is just better than my other body. I don't know what it is. And he just keeps poking himself in the face. You you know, go nuts. 
uh, this is kind of freaking me out. Is this guy freaking you out? This guy's kind of freaking me out. And he just looks over and he's like, what? And he's still poking himself in the face. You know what, Tuck? I think it's best at this point to just roll with it. Just, just roll with it, man. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and play some uh, video games on my phone. You know, make sure okay. we don't die or whatever. And he sits right. down and just starts tinkering with his phone. He's got like the uh, Project Icarus container in between his legs with his like elbow on it. He's very strong, so he makes like a pretty good guardian of it. Um, with that, we're going to cut back to a falling Kinsey Blackthorn. So, Kinsey, you have just uh, fallen out of your dirigible and you're coming hurtling down and, you know, hover cars are flying around you. What are you going to do? I think what I'm doing as I'm falling is I'm going to use Dust Builder to try and make some sort of wingsuit or parachute so that I don't fall to my death. <laughs> awesome. I like it. Go ahead and uh, and so Kinsey starts forming dust. Uh, where does it come out of? So you're wearing this sort of futuristic tactical gear. You've got like a cloak and, you know, all these sort of like gadgets and things on your body. Where's the mm -hmm. dust? Like, do you have a container? Is it like in your pockets? Uh, <laughs> are there hidden pockets in your cloak? Right, so I think that I would have dust in in multiple places. Um, but I think in this instance, uh, I've got some sort of gadget that's uh, attached to a bracelet on my arm where I can kind of just open my hand and uh, the, the dust will be available for me. Nice. Kind of like a web shooter, but for dust. Yes. Awesome. Okay, uh, roll it up. Okay, I got a six. Okay, okay. you got a six. Um, do you want to use a wild card or do you want to just take the experience? I'm going to use a wild card. Okay, so wild cards are a resource that each character has that they can use. Uh, when they burn a wild card, they can turn any roll to a 12. Uh, they can also negate any damage suffered to zero harm. And the last thing that they could do is they can trigger a flashback so right now we're gonna move this six to a 12 right yes okay so with a 12 that gives you six hold to build whatever you want <laughs> you, you could you could oh basically God. build like a jet <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take the desired shape okay and it's gonna be intricate cool um, so what are you building? Describe what it's going to look like. So I think as this dust starts to form, it's going to start to form around me. And it's going to form sort of a set of wings, but it's going to look a little bit stylish just for some flash. And yes. uh, it's going to look a little bit like sort of bat wings or something like that. And it's going to form around me and I'm going to be able to um, uh, maneuver it at least a little bit and steer my way through the hover cars. Awesome. Uh, it's kind of reminding me of the vulture from the newer Spider-Mans. Is that kind of what you're yes, thinking? Yes. Awesome. It could have fans in it. I feel like intricate, like you can move it still. So, okay. you know, you could have, <laughs> it could fly. Like I didn't think right. about it that way, but that could fly. Okay. Do you, you want to do that? So you just build yourself like a freaking 
uh, yes. vult vulture suit from Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, I think with that, I'll I'll take uh, I'll take four four hold right desired okay. shape each wing basically because they're so mm -hmm. complicated and then intricate yes. for both. But they both Perfect. basically have a dust made motor that's like yeah. spinning the <laughs> blades. Uh, awesome. So yeah, you catch yourself in air. <laughs> like you look up, you see your, you know, dirigible. It's like a hundred feet above you, two hundred feet. Smoke is billowing out the side. The some of the optical camouflage plating has been blown off, so it's very not not uh, camouflaged now. What do you do? I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna find the nearest rooftop I can. I'm gonna maneuver my way through the hover cars and I'm gonna land. Yep. So that I can radio back to uh, my teammates of elite assassins and try and find out what is going on. Awesome. Yeah, so you land and you radio back. What are you saying? Roger, are you there? Uh, are we not doing code names? Hammer, Hammer, are you there? 10-4, uh, is this the gardener? This is Kenzie Blackthorn, the gardener, yes. Of course it's me. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, what's up, boss? What do you mean, what is up? What the hell is going on up there? Uh, well, it looks like we've got hull damage on the two lower decks. Uh, we're losing I don't fuel. care about that, I don't care about that. How did that psychic get in my ship? It, it looks like... And he pulls up... Well, you can't see this, but... Um, he starts fiddling with some knobs and pulls up a screen and he's able to see like the moment when something passed through the sci field. Uh, apparently he's a high level psychic and he moved through the sci field, but I got a report from a couple of the anti sci shock troops and they have cleared the lower levels. Okay, good. We need to land the ship. It looks like it's taken some damage probably either tell of legends to find like a good location or maybe scrounge uh, like information okay. um, to think about where you might want to go. Or if you want to just look in this general area, you could survey your surroundings. Okay. I'm going to survey my surroundings. Okay. Uh, on the, the phone you hear, Hey, uh, boss spade. Do you need anything from me? Spade. If I wanted something from you, I would have asked. Oh, right. But I thought you said you wanted to land the ship. Do you want me to keep an eye out or anything? Yes, Spade. That's fine. Keep an eye out. Okay. Spade out. There we go. I got an 11. So on an 11, you get two questions. Yeah, I'm going to ask what is of use or valuable to me here. Okay, cool. So you look around and you have, uh, you have Spade spotting you manage to find a set of buildings that kind of create a wedge shape where there's a landing sort of rooftop in between two other buildings so that you could back in there and it would give you like a good view outward but people couldn't get you from behind okay i think that what he's gonna want to happen is that they landed there so that 
they can kind of regroup and plan what to do next. Great. No problem. Yeah. So they land in this spot with little problem. You're still equipped with the vulture wings, so you can land there and meet up with them with no problem as well. Okay. So as I get there, uh, we're going to regroup. And then I think I'm going to say to them, okay, listen up. Forget about our mission. We're going to track down that psychic and we're going to kill him. Okay, so now we're going to cut over to Clarence. You kind of come back to reality uh, now that you're in this sort of deep, inhospitable, strange alien space again. I'm going to be honest. I kind of want to see if I can go deeper. How deep does this go? Okay, do it. Okay. Do I roll instinct? Grit. Grit. Oh, okay. I rolled an 11. Nice. This one went up to 11. Okay, so when you go deeper, you roll plus grit. On a 10 plus, you go where you want to. On a 7 to 9, you can go where you want or stay. If you go, you pay a cost. On a miss, you go deeper, but you get lost. So you find yourself pushing back through the veil and I'm imagining it sort of like almost pushing through a mirror or in Doctor Strange, the way like the mirror world has this sort of fractile, like glass fracturing sort of look to it. Like reality kind of like bends around you as you kind of push backwards deeper and deeper into the scyscape. And the deeper you go, the like more strange and outlandish things become. So as you stop, how deep you just want to go as like, like your goal is hit the bottom. Like what are you, a little, what are you aiming at? Maybe not quite the bottom, but to the point where I no longer feel comfortable. How about that? Oh, that doesn't take long for sure. Okay. You push through until you find a space that you push out into. And it looks like a cave, just like this massive, dark domed cave the the walls and the rock is all slightly gray and the whole ceiling and walls are covered with something that looks like glowworms so it's just these speckles across the whole wall and on the floor there are these little fluorescent puddles that whatever is on the walls are dripping down okay i want to try something yeah I want to see if somebody else has ever been here before. Ooh, I like it. To a point, I want to try psychometry in here. Okay. Which is strange, but <laughs> that's just mind, right? Uh, well, I mean, why does this place exist? Why does any of this crap exist? It's instinct. A seven. Seven. Okay, so on psychometry, whenever you handle an object or look deeper into it, so, I don't know, like a rock? Like, what are you handling? Sure. I will reveal a useful bit of information on a 10+. plus. Uh, you didn't get a 10+, plus, so you feel an emotion from it. So, as you touch this rock, you feel like a strange, sort of conflicting set of feelings of both serenity and, and this feeling of being trapped. That Whatever has been near here before has touched this rock. It feels both like this 
this conflict inside of like it should be it should be peaceful it's trying to achieve peace but then it's also it feels trapped well and here i was going to plant a flag saying i was the first one to step into fart glow land hmm i'm gonna try and go a little bit deeper just a little i'm gonna go deeper okay so when you go deeper Roll plus grit. On a seven to nine, you can stay where you are or you can go deeper at a cost. I'll go deeper at a cost. Okay. The cost will be you draw unwanted attention. Bitchin'. So you push yourself further into the sidescape. And as you do, you find yourself in a library. And as you look around... There is just thousands of books. The library is domed. You look up and you can't even see like where the top of the dome is. It's so massive. And you're still capable of kind of flying, but this you can also seem to interact with these objects. And as you kind of like float around, you hear the sound uh, kind of coming from not too far away of kind of gears shifting and moving. What do you do? I feel like I've been in an infinite library before, and it was bad, which goes against all my instincts. But I'm just going to yell out to the gears. Hello? Just checking in. Have anything to rent? Okay, so along the ground... You see these small, like, books sliding around, and coming out of the front of the book is a hermit crab. So it's a hermit crab, but instead of a shell, it has a book on its back, and they start crawling up the shelves towards you. Um, hello? I've, I've been in the mood for a Tolstoy. Hello? What brings you to the Library of the Magus? Well, I told you, Tolstoy. I'm a very simple man. Although Tolstoy is no simple read. Over the tops of these shelves, which are probably 20 feet high, you start to see some massive tentacles. Uh, But on closer look, they're actually like made of books just books have wrapped around these tentacles and like you hear these gears of something moving and coming closer towards you um barring that um i've also been looking for dostoevsky's uh, the idiot something tells me you're not open what do you have for trade Hmm. What do you want for trade? And as you continue to wait, one of these tentacles is coming around from underneath you and also on both sides of the bookshelves because you're floating in between one of these bookshelves. Um, Hermit crabs are like surrounding you basically and a tentacle's coming up from the bottom. I want a body. And its tentacle comes up and it gets your feet 
and the the tentacle sort of like breaks into these tendrils and they start to like absorb into your astral form. I'm sorry, but somebody already has a rental agreement with me on that. It's complicated and makes me a landlord. And, uh, you know, seems like a bad time. I think we're done here and I'm going to side blast the tentacle. Okay. Try. I can try. Ooh, a 10. Well, that's good. Okay, so on a 10, you do your harm and pick one. You aim for the weak spot, I guess. Okay, so you want to do more damage to it. You could also, this would be a good time to destroy a squad if you want to, like, wipe out a bunch of these uh That's creatures. true. But I don't know if you want to actually damage these things or you're just trying to, like, get away. I just want to get away. So you blast its tentacle off and it kind of, like, uh, the little tendrils come off, but you do take one harm for, as they've like rip out of your psi form, and it's very uncomfortable. And as you do, you see the body of this thing come up over the top of these shelves, and it is massive. It is as tall as the bookshelves. Uh, the tentacles are each like probably 30 feet long or longer. Um, its body is made up of books and gears. It looks very... Um, steampunk and it has these two massive rotating eyes that glow slightly green on the inside and they are looking right at you and it goes no deal I'm fine by me I'll be uh, leaving through the back bye (laughs) and uh, what do I roll to get the hell out of here roll plus brains okay well brains I have plenty of Maybe not quite enough to get myself, not put myself in this situation Ooh, to begin 12. with, but okay. Uh, okay, so when you roll to get the hell out, you can pick three on a 10 plus or pick one on a seven to nine. The picks are go where you want, remember who you are, and draw no attention. Yes to all three. Break. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the way this will work is you are currently, we'll say, six phases away from your reality. You have just traveled out, we'll say since you got a 12 plus, two phases. So that leaves four phases for you to get through before you can return back to like your body, essentially. So as these tentacles start to come and the tips sprout out like a thousand little tiny, like, tentacles but almost like mycelia like little hairs trying to reach out and grab you um, almost like veins growing towards you you push yourself forward and you just kind of push right through almost like a bubble so you find yourself in the first place you were this just massive coral and kelp and mushroom forest where these fans of coral fold out above your head as if they're the, the canopies of trees Okay. All right. Very nice. I I need my body now. I I'm down to two health for one. Which probably You want to try dig deep to like replenish your health? Sure. Clarence will say, "Okay. You're Clarence Wells. You you do this all the time. You don't really." But, you know, you've done other things that are very stupid and come out okay for the most part that you remember. 
there was that time that you ran away from a battle. You came out okay on that. That was, in hindsight, that's pretty funny. I'm amazed I wasn't, like, court-martialed and executed. Um, this isn't going well, but I'm, I'm Clarence. I'm still alive. I was the psychmancer. I mean, I don't know what a psychmancer is. Sounds fun. Psychmancer would do pretty well here in the bio. <laughs> so that should heal me up by one. Okay. You are unstable still. So keep keep that in mind if you do too much. Uh, yeah, so you spend some time just kind of <laughs> saying all that stuff to yourself and it makes you feel a little bit better. So as you're looking around in this massive forest, you feel the pull of all of these sort of overpowering psychic forces around you. And through the trees, you see this massive stag, but instead of horns, it has just these massive, cool coral sculptures kind of coming off of its head. And you realize under closer look that it's actually built out of like coral and sort of organic fungus. And it just looks very strange. And it walks over towards you, almost locking eyes with you. And then it kneels down in front of you. What do you do? I pet it on its head. As you pet it on its head, you hear this bassy voice. Young one. I'm not that young. <laughs> you are a blink, a vapor. What brings you so far into the wilds? You should have seen me earlier. I was even further. Oh, I hope you did not wake anything too dangerous. Probably did. I hate this. Hmm. You have a strength. I like that. And he touches his nose to your forehead. And as he does, some of this coral kind of comes off of his body, almost like little starfish. And they start to, like, climb onto you. What do you do? I'm just going to let this happen. I'm tired. They start to climb over your back and onto your body. And you feel energy pulsing into you. And he says, Have a gift, young one. Is it death? No, it is life. And as he says that, go ahead and roll grit to activate your new move, Regeneration. Uh, eight. So you feel these coralline starfish creatures on your body kind of integrating with you and where you have this kind of like holes missing in your your psi form. They, it starts to be rebuilt by this new sort of psychic material. And you realize like looking at yourself, you don't look sort of like a ghost like you normally see yourself in the sci form you you look tangible and visible and you feel just strength returning to your body on regeneration when you roll a seven to nine you heal two and stabilize your injuries so heal two and you stabilize so clarence as this energy courses through your body and you feel all of this health and regeneration happening to you the stag lowers its head down 
And he says, I am the Lord of the Psychic Wilds. I am an Esper of Espers. Now take my gift and return to the material world. Good luck, little one. And he arches his head back. And as he brings it forward, you're hit with this force that seems both gentle, but like a cannon. And you find yourself flying, smashing through these these dimensions and realms. And as you continue to go further and further, you see a light at the end of this tunnel. So that's it for this episode of Dust World Neon City. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch, and even download games. Talk to you soon. Remember, play on.